Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. It's Monday, July 19th, 2021. We're brought to you, as always, by the great people of today's dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best in the business, best at what he does. Take control of your dental health. Give him a call. 317-849-2933 is the number. Punch subscribe. Hit like. Ring the bell. Let's go. Let's talk about sports. We got deadlines coming up, people. In nine days, Colts camp opens at Grand Park. In 10 days, it's the night of the NBA draft. In 11 days, it's the Major League Baseball trade deadline. And on August 2nd, something is going to happen locally here in Indianapolis that is going to cause a very few people a little bit of melancholy. And everybody else, it's going to go by like no big deal. I'll tell you what that is toward the end of today's video. But nine days from now, the Colts, they open camp. Less than half of the Colts, as of a few a couple of days ago, had not been vaccinated against the COVID virus. So, different protocols are going to be in place at camp for those players. And during the season, just as last year was the case, if you test positive for COVID, you enter a protocol where you might not be able to play on any given Sunday. That is going to put the Colts in a position where it's possible they're going to have a tougher time getting to the playoffs and maybe getting to the Super Bowl than they would if everybody was vaccinated. It's a personal choice. you got to decide what you're going to do. There's no doubt about that, and this is no different for the Colts other than the fact that it will cause disruption for their team. And with guys in the NFL playing short careers, you don't have a long period of time to get from entering the league to get to a Super Bowl. A lot of these guys, their careers three, four years long maximum, right? A lot of these guys. Some people can play for a decade. Some people play for one year. Some people play for a game. The Colts are in a position where they could go to the Super Bowl. But if they've got players, important players, who miss games because of COVID-19, I think that would be a shame. Again, everybody's got to make their own decision. All right, let's talk about the Indiana Pacers. Ten days to the NBA draft. Here's the deal. I think Kevin Pritchard is going to be very busy. 
I think he's going to try to elevate. There's some urgency within that franchise that did not exist the last few years. I think Kevin Pritchard is going to respond to that urgency by getting busy. He's going to pick up the phone and he's going to make deals. It's not going to be like a big deal Kev from when he was with the Blazers, but I think he's going to make some trades. And two guys who may go, Miles Turner, who's got great value. This isn't about Miles not being a good basketball player. It's about the value that the Pacers could get in return for allowing his services to move on to somebody else. Same thing with Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon might be a guy who's coveted by somebody else at a level that's greater than the Pacers' uh, covetness of, of Malcolm Brogdon and what he does on the basketball floor. If they stick at 13, they draft at 13 and Moses Moody is available, draft Moses Moody. We want Moses. Let's go. That guy can shoot. He can defend. He's long. He's multi-positional. He's the kind of guy. I don't know if you want to say you build around a guy like this, but you don't build over a guy like this. Getting Miles Moody puts you in a position where you're going to be able to compete at the wing for a long time to come. All right? And, and if you trade up, I still think you go get Miles Moody. If you trade up to nine, he's the guy. If you trade up beyond that, you've got some other options that are kind of sexy. But the NBA draft is going to be fascinating this year. There have been nights when the Indiana, Indiana Pacers have really done nothing. We, we had one night where they literally did nothing. They, uh, they had one pick in the second round, and they sold it. So we went to the St. Vincent Center, and we're there to cover the NBA draft, and the Pacers literally made no selections whatsoever. You know, so we've had that. I think that this is going to be the opposite of that. I think this is going to be a busy time for the Indiana Pacers. It, look, what they have done shows you how important it is to draft in the top nine. The Pacers haven't drafted in the top nine in more than 30 years. And the Pacers have been mediocre to good. Never great, never a champion, right? They've been mediocre to good to very good. In, in 98 through 2000, they were very good. 2004, they were very good. 2013, 2014, they were really good. Other than that, different shades of mediocrity. I think the Pacers are going to be busy, and I think that they're going to find a way to draft a compelling, uh, a compelling kind of needle mover and go get somebody who's going to... It ain't going to be, let's go get Aaron Holiday. It isn't going to be, let's go get T.J. Leaf. Nothing against Aaron Holiday. Lots against T.J. Leaf, right? It, it couldn't shoot from outside and can't defend anybody. Let's leave T.J. Leaf alone. But Aaron Holiday, like, you see why he was drafted in the 20s, right? He does some things well. He can score in bunches. He can defend, but he doesn't always. He's that guy. That's what you get in the 20s, and that's what you get in the late teens, unless you're really, really lucky, as the Pacers were with Roy Hibbert and Danny Granger. Both those guys went 17. Now you had some bad luck with 17 with T.J. Leaf, and now we're crapping all over T.J. Leaf again. What's the point of that? At any rate, I think you can see, and Kevin Pritchard sees, that the higher you draft, the better team you're going to have. It sounds hyper-simplistic, but that's what basketball is. Basketball's an easy game. Mo talent, mo wins, mo championships. And the place you go get great talent 
is higher in the draft. Although at 13, you can do it. We've talked about it for a long time with Devin Booker and uh, Donovan Mitchell and Tyler Harrow and Zach Levine and even all the way back to Kobe Bryant. All those guys were drafted at 13. Giannis Antetokounmpo was drafted 15th. So in that neighborhood, you can get a really good player. But you better make sure that you do. The higher up you go, the better a chance you're going to get that really good player because you're going to have more really good players to choose from. It's that simple. All right. Let's talk about the Major League uh, Baseball trade deadline. The Cubs are going to be busy. The Cubs signaled that they're going to be busy when they uh, traded Jock Peterson to the Braves for what really is uh, the Braves' 12th-ranked prospect, a first baseman who just turned 23. He strikes out a lot. He walks a lot. He can hit for power. Before the uh, lost minor league season last year, he had hit for average. Didn't do that well this year in high A ball in the Braves organization. We'll see what he does up in South Bend for the Cubs. The Cubs, they picked up a first baseman off waivers uh, from the Oakland Athletics. They claimed a guy. I'm not, I don't even know what his name is. It really doesn't matter. They assigned him to Iowa. But he's there in case the Cubs move Anthony Rizzo. And I think that they should. All these guys have got to go. Uh, Chris Bryant, and I'm telling you, if, if the Cubs hadn't screwed around with Chris Bryant and, and his time, right? Remember when they kept him? They assigned him to Iowa out of spring training so his clock, his major league clock, wouldn't start. And because of that, the Cubs kept his rights for another year. It forestalled free agency for Chris Bryant for another year. I think Chris Bryant is holding the Cubs and the Ricketts family accountable for that decision, and I frankly don't blame him. But I think Baez, Rizzo, they got to go. Send them all. Go get a bunch of uh, a, a bunch of prospects. Restock that farm system. Kimbrel gone. What the hell? Why would a cub the Cubs a 500 team? Why would they need a lockdown closer more than somebody who's got a chance to go win a championship? You're going to get more. Remember what the Cubs gave up for Araldis Chapman, right? Gliber Torres, and then at the end of the season in 2016, and Chapman was worth it. But at the end of 16, Chapman re-signs with the Yankees. Go ahead, do that if you want. You want to keep Rizzo? Go ahead. But trade him, get value back, and then re-sign him. Sign him to an extension. You can do that with all these guys if you want, but go get guys who can play baseball and are going to be young and dynamic and fill that organization with promise instead of what you've got right now, which is one of the least well-stocked farm systems in baseball, you got to go get quality arms. The Cubs do a terrible job developing pitching, and as a result, here they are 500. Right, five years after winning a world championship, they're at 500. All right, let's talk about what's going to happen on August 2nd, and that is that the 1070 AM frequency, where WIBC had been until 2007, and where 1070 the fan had been broadcast and continues to be broadcast, that frequency is going to go away. They're just going to go dark. Uh, Emmis has uh, sold the property where the transmitter site is. They're going to have to take down the towers and make that land usable for commercial uh, stuff and uh, very valuable land. And so 1070 is going to go away. I worked for the 1070 frequency 
since 1993 all the way until 2010. And I have great memories of the 1070 frequency, but it's not about the frequency and it's not about the technology. It's about the people always. So when 1070 goes away, that's the way life works. It, technology is constantly advancing and, and that's the way it goes. Radio as a whole, I don't know what the future of radio is. I hope that there are owners somewhere who will continue to invest in radio the way it should be done. Live, local, cool, right? Mostly in Indianapolis, it's, it's companies who don't do that and clusters of stations that don't do that. One of the, one of the exceptions is WTTS, 92.3 FM. They do a terrific job. Smiley in the morning, terrific job. Bob and Tom, they do radio like it ought to be done. WIBC, in large part, does radio the way it ought to be done. The fan with, with Jeff and Big Joe and Dan and, uh, and John in the afternoon, they got live, they got local. That's the way it ought to be. That's, radio stations should be a, re, a reflection of their communities. And that, for that, you need local talent. And, and in a lot of towns, you don't have that. And it's just a shame. The less you invest in radio, the less you're going to be able to get out of it. The less it will yield, not just for the companies that own it, but for the people who patronize it, right? The people who serve as the customers, the listeners, those who consume that product. And, and on 1070, you've had a lot of iterations. WIBC played music back in the day. Uh, then with news, full-service radio station, music, live jocks, large news department. Then it became a talk station. That's kind of when I got there. You had kooks like Stan Solomon and Bob Quessel doing radio shows for WIBC. I'm going to write that book eventually about what WIBC was in 93 and 94. That's a project for another day. And then it, it continually kind of evolved and changed with Dave the King Wilson and Jeff Pigeon and Terry Stacy, Steve Simpson, uh, Greg Garrison, certainly. And then uh, MS moved it toward an ideological style of programming than just hiring great talent. And so now you've got Tony Katz, you've got uh, Mock and Rob, uh, you, you've got uh, Hammer and Nigel. For goodness sake, you've got Abdul. You, you've got a lot of really, really good radio. You've still got Pat Sullivan and Denny Smith on Saturdays, which is wonderful to listen to. Um, and, and so WIBC does it right, and it used to do it right. And it did some things wrong while I was there on 1070. And, and so 1070 is going to go dark. And, and for radio wonks, it's going to be a sad moment for people who get their content elsewhere, like on YouTube, right? Like on Facebook, like uh, podcasts on iTunes or wherever. You're going to continue to seek out the content that you want regardless uh, of the technology. Although, I'm telling you, they got a room at the MS building, and this is true at all radio stations. They've got a huge room filled with equipment. Giant racks of equipment, Optimods and, you know, audio synthesizers and, you know, all kinds of things that contribute to the sound you hear when you turn the radio on in your car or in your homes. Here, what do we have now? I'm talking into a laptop camera, right? Or I'll talk into an iPhone. 
And you know what? It works just as well, if not better, than all those racks of equipment at a radio station. So he continued to evolve the technology of sharing content. And, and that, doesn't, that doesn't demean radio as antiquated at all. It's just, it's just how this thing kind of continues to chug forward. You know, you used to have horses and you had trains. Then you had airplanes. And God, now Jeff Bezos is going into space. So what are you going to do? Breakfast with Kent tomorrow morning, early, 8 o'clock. Let's go.